We are the Leafs Combo Podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. It is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. I'm Norman London, along with Mike in Buffalo. The Leafs slaughtering, I mean slaughtering the Oilers three straight, outscoring the Oil Boys 13-1, to taking all three games, setting themselves apart from not only Edmonton, but perhaps the rest of the Canadian division and maybe the league. Mr. Agello, good morning. Good morning, Norm. Um, you know, it's it's weird because Leafs Nation is not comfortable when their team is this good because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, I mean, being an observer of this team over most of my 53 years, I understand that because usually most of the time the shoe does drop. But I have to say, in this three-game series, and we, we have to look at it, the fact that only a couple weeks ago, this team was up 5-1 to one against Ottawa and blew the lead, and everybody was ready to panic. Um, I have not seen a Leaf team since probably 93 that has thoroughly dominated, and it was a different, different thing in 93 because it was more offense. They were a good defensive team under Pat Burns, but, you know, this team – is playing the way Sheldon Keefe had the Marlies playing when they won the Calder Cup in 2018, suffocating defense, even though their goaltending wasn't like fantastic with the Marlies, um, but suffocating defense, four lines, effort, all the, all the things that you saw with that yeah. team. And he has brought that to the NHL. And I mean, the impressive thing about the three games against Edmonton is they did it twice, two games without Austin Matthews. They did it two games without Freddie Anderson. They had, you know, their thoroughly criticized backups, um, not so much Jack Campbell, but Michael Hutchinson, both getting shutouts. Um, they played suffocating defense against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And it wasn't just line. It wasn't like Marner and Tavares were just blowing people away with their offense. It was, you know, Zach Hyman. It was Jimmy Vesey. Last night, it was, you know, Alexander Barabanov. It was that checking line mm-hmm. of Engvall, Mikheyev, and Hyman. Um, just, I mean, really playing extremely well. And it's just, I don't know if Leaf Nation is comfortable with it, but the way this team played in these three games, the, you know, they're a serious contender for the Stanley Cup. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that. What we're seeing is an example of how the Leafs will – need to play when the postseason begins um, the ice surface is going to close in on the players it's going to get more physical Mm -hmm. and um, I think what the Leafs are doing is setting themselves up for success it's nice to see that it's nice to see the Leafs beating everybody in this Canadian division and it's it feels lopsided it it doesn't feel like it's um, it'll have full value until the playoffs, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. But this is the situation that all of these teams have to deal with, so they have to make the most of it. And in, instead of lament it and you know, kind of uh, slog your way through the process, mm-hmm. you may as well rise to the top do as best as you can. And if you dominate, you dominate. I like the fact the Leafs are dominating in a defensive way. So uh, we may as well applaud it and get excited for what's next. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I, I've heard this critique from outside of Canada, of the Canadian division. I, I look at the American divisions, and I think that there are teams that are dramatically flawed. But, you know, I mean, you look at, you look at the, the division with Tampa and Florida, and they're, they're at the top of the heap, and then the East with, you know, Washington and the Islanders and the Bruins, and, you know, they're all pretty good clubs, and even some of the uh, clubs lower down are, are mm-hmm. pretty decent. I mean, Everybody in the Canadian division is flawed. Even the Leafs, uh, you know, they're 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 not a per, they're not a perfect team. But you know, Winnipeg needs defensive help. Edmonton is goaltending is is horrific, and they're and they have not learned how to play defense, and they rely too much on McDavid and Drysital. Uh, Vancouver is defensively challenged. Montreal is offensively challenged. I mean, nobody nobody has the right combo. But the Leaf the, the Leafs are, you know, the best suited right now and this Mm -hmm. is regular season the best suited of the seven teams but when we get to the playoffs a team that can shut down defensively those teams win because most of the games are two to one or three to two and that's what i think has been great of these last few games is you know even the game the calgary game where nealander scored late in regulation and won it Mm -hmm. it was a two-one game the leafs have shown an, an, an adeptitude or adaptitude, excuse me, yeah, um, to play that sort of playoff defensive style. And if they can do that uh, and then have the offensive capability that they, they have, that we know they have, then they could have a lot of success in the postseason. Mike, they can play close hockey, they can play fire wagon hockey, and they have game breakers like William Nylander. He got it done uh, against the, the Calgary Flames when it seemed the chips were down and the Leafs were about to lose another. And look what's happened since. They've been on a roll um, taking care of Edmonton. That team has to reassess what it's about. Uh, but but that's good, right? You kick ass, you take names, um, and your opponents are in your rearview mirror and you're looking to the future. And that's what the Leafs are doing. A well-put-together group of players uh and it just makes me just so happy to be able to to witness this night in and night out knowing that this might be the best chance the Leafs have had to win a Stanley Cup in decades Uh, nice scoring throughout the lineup in that 6-1 win over the Oilers Jimmy Vesey Mm -hmm. picking up two goals that's got to help his confidence immensely Jason Spezza the throwback doing it old school styles, three apples, you know, <laughs> he just keeps on taking uh Nylander with a beautiful uh, curl and drag and just pause and just wicked little snipe um, Marner with an assist. Austin Matthews didn't get anything, but you know what? That's okay. He's still getting back into the flow of things again, throughout the lineup, a diversity layered, everybody contributing. And you have to think Mike, uh, Wayne Simmons isn't even in the lineup right now. And uh, Elliot Friedman thinks that this team is going to augment even further by upgrading the top six. Mm-hmm. Well, f- first on first on the diversity and the depth of, of scoring, um, you know, Neilander scored in all three games in Edmonton. He's red hot right now. And, you know, like our previous uh, convo, Dr. Neilander has showed up. It's not Mr. Willie. 
Um, and as long as Dr. Neilander continues to show up, I don't think people will complain because he's a top end offensive talent. And he, you know, when Matthews was out, he stepped up and really played yeah. well. And that that's, that's what they need. You know, Tavares and Marner, everybody really stepped up. Yeah. I sorry, Mike, just to interject there, mm-hmm. John Tavares, we we're talking about William Neilander because he's scoring some really nice goals. And again, he's the focal point. He's a pariah. Um, John Tavares, the captain, People think he gets off the hook in terms of criticism because you know, he's Canadian and he's the golden boy. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's just a, just a quiet guy. He's not very controversial in any which way, shape, or form. But he's quietly, he's quietly putting together um, uh, you know, a succession of, of, of games where he's doing everything right and getting points. We're not going to talk about him at the same level we do with William Nylander. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's at, I mean, he's at a almost point-per-game pace, and if he continues that as a second-line center behind Matthews, getting 18, 19 minutes, where as opposed to Matthews is getting 25, you can't complain. But, yeah, it's it's the diversity of the of the offense. It's, you know, the, Zach Hyman scoring on that third line, which uh, that third line, I'm sure, drove the Oilers batty because, you know, Mikheyev with his speed, by the way, did you see him beat – or at least yes. even McDavid on the uh, on the uh, line, basically a, a race to the other end. I mean that, that's. I mean, if 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 Ilya McKayev could put the a stone in the ocean, he would be. You know, I mean, it, it, right now he just can't. He just can't seem to score. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I, that, that he's the type of guy that in the playoffs he could score a couple goals, and when he struggles in the regular season, but it's just getting to the getting the puck to the net. Um, but don't you think visually that? race to the puck represents this Oilers Leafs battle, the best player in the league, um, either barely tying or slightly losing to, you know, the Leafs 10th best player. It's just impossible right now for the Oilers with all of their scoring prowess to match up with the Leafs team that has um, an equal amount of scoring talent and so much more. That race to the puck represented how these teams shape up. The Leafs are just better. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, I I have, and I'm sure many Leaf fans don't have this sympathy, but I have sympathy with for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl because they're two of the best players in the league, and their organization is just fatally flawed in terms of, you know, they, yeah. they haven't had a good goaltender since since Cam Talbot, and that he, you know, Cam Talbot, I don't think is a legitimate number one, and their defensive concept has been bad. Even with a good coach like Dave mm-hmm. Tape Tape Tippett, they just can't seem to put it together. And I and I said, you know, until they until they get better defensively, until they get a number one goalie, they're never going to win. And mm-hmm. Terry Koshan, uh, one of my compatriots from the Toronto Sun, uh, said, you know, when was this tweet? you know, written. And I says, well, I, I save it up and I tweet it every year because it never changes. So Mike, seriously, it has, it hasn't changed. I, I, I have the same sympathy for Connor McDavid that I, uh, who was number one overall in 2015 as the second overall pick Jack Eichel. They're throwing their careers away at teams. You know, they're, Mm. they're prime years with teams that just don't know what it takes to, to uh, put together a winning formula. And I feel because, you know, you know, maybe McDavid stays his entire career with Edmonton, but Jack Eichel, I mean, he's probably going to force his way out of Buffalo in a couple of years because the team doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe you can say that at least Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe have a clue of 
you know, what it takes to have a winning franchise and the, and the pieces that it takes to have a winning franchise. Now they just got to mm-hmm. prove it when it counts in the playoffs. Elliot Friedman last night um, getting Leafs Nation uh, into a bit of a frenzy by essentially stating that the Leafs uh, are looking and most likely will upgrade their top six. Like that top six is already pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Imagine upgrading it. Well, I think what he is basically pointing to is the fact that they want to lengthen their lineup. If they can acquire somebody who fits into the top six that allows them to move Kerfoot back to the third line center, maybe use Engvall as the fourth line center, um, it gives them more depth. And we know how it is in the playoffs. You need you need multiple layers. You need bodies that can step in. Look at, yeah. what, look at what Dallas last year, you know, the, the uh, uh, Ranta, the guy who scored the, uh, the goals uh, in, in games, in game seven, you know, he was an extra player. He stepped in because of injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they definitely want to have multiple, multiple layers. Um, Friedman talked about the fact that the Leafs probably aren't going to wait till April 12th because, you know, right now, right now, this still is the 14-day quarantine uh, if you trade with the U.S. team. And if you do that, then you wouldn't get the player until April 26th, which is about a week and a half before the end of the regular season. So he's looking at the Leaf schedule and said there's a gap there in mid-March, like March the 12th to the 26th, where the Leafs have a light schedule, I think only five yep. games. So that might be the opportunity for them to go out and make a deal. Um, I know for a fact that like he's mentioned previously, and I know that uh, Darren Drager has mentioned as well, the, the, the Leafs focus on Michael Granlin from Nashville. That may very well be the case. I, I, I don't see it, and but you know, I'm not a general manager, but I don't see how that dramatically upgrades their roster. You know, he's, he's a talented player. He's a good two-way sure. guy. He's got speed. Um, I don't think – I think what they really need is somebody with less offense and more uh, size and snarl. Um, not mm-hmm. not a good not a goon not a, not a fourth liner but somebody who can throw the throw the weight around and um, the guy that I sort of mentioned to you I think on the last combo was Eric Stahl um, but the the factor here is you know the Leafs don't have a ton of cap space and whoever they trade with that team is probably going to have to retain significant salary for them to make the deal and the question is whether they're going to have to trade anybody from the existing roster. To be able mm. to to be able to make that deal, I think it'll probably be, end up being a draft pick because there's a lot of teams out there that are just looking to shed salary, and they'll probably take mm-hmm. anything, not anything, but you know, a, a, a future asset to get rid of money in a pandemic challenged uh, world right now. OG's converts. Who do you think the Leafs should acquire? Who do you think they will acquire? Let us know below this post on YouTube, or you can do that in community. I'll come up with some interesting poll that you guys can interact with. Just a bit of news. Leafs combo hoodies are a go through our local supplier. We're not getting them out of the United States now. Um, The deal has been signed. I got a whole bunch coming. There are a few OGs and converts who already have their names on some of the product. Jeff Taylor, Ian Spence, Brad McClellan, Ronnie Smith. Mike Ajello. Um, yeah, super excited because, you know, now we have a, a bona fide supplier and uh, we're going to be doing all sorts of swag. Uh, locked in, 100% ready to go. I'll keep you posted um, as the 
items are in transit and when they get here uh, i'll figure out a way to make sure everybody uh, has their leafs combo swag because we love when the ogs and converts represent again we appreciate everything you guys do for us all of the hits all of the listens all of the views all of the feedback positive or negative it means so much to us uh, we're one and a half million views and listens on all podcast platforms, including YouTube right now. Uh, we're humbled by that and bigger, better days ahead, not only for the Leafs, but this podcast as well. So Vancouver tonight, mm-hmm. and then it's Winnipeg, uh, Vancouver the Saturday, and then Winnipeg. That'll be a nice new dynamic for the Leafs because we really haven't seen Winnipeg, but Vancouver's a bottom feeder. Is this just more shinny, Mike, more padding of stats? Uh, is do the Leafs really have to lock in now against these teams that you think they're going to kick the shit out of and focus, focus, focus on who cares about scoring eight, nine, ten goals a game? It's about limiting goals against chances against because we're we're setting the stage for for bigger, more important uh, fish to fry. Well, that'll be the real test tonight because you know Vancouver. I think will you know think will probably think that their chances are better in a game against the Leafs if they go throttle wide open. And you know the the Leafs love to love to score. So if it gets into a you know that type of you know seven six match, I'm sure it'll be entertaining and everybody will love it. But I think Sheldon Keefe will be pulling his hair out. So I will. I mean, we'll see what the dynamic is. Now the interesting thing will it's back to back and. Anderson played last night, so whether it'll be Hutchinson or Campbell playing tonight, uh, Sheldon Keith after the game said, you know, Campbell is starting to, you know, he tweaked something after the shutout on Saturday, and he's day to day, and but he skated yesterday, so it's possible he plays, but I think they'll be careful and play Hutchinson, um, whose yeah. whose stats are really good, and uh, you know, in the back to back, even though Spezza had three assists last night. I think they'll, they probably will give him a night off and, and maybe put Barabanov back in the lineup. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, uh, that Sheldon Keefe and the, uh, uh, you know, the medical staff of the Leafs, when you have a 37-year-old player like uh, Spezza or a 41-year-old player like Thornton, you're going to have to, you know, manage their minutes. And in spite of how well they're playing, you know, you've got depth in the organization that you can play some other players and not have an appreciable drop in the, uh, the talent and the uh, – uh, performance of the club i can barely make the kids lunches without pulling a hamstring <laughs> between the counter and the fridge and tearing my labrum when i'm buttering bread and toast and whatever making sandwiches and these guys are out there um, playing at a high level and i mean I'm, I'm thinking beyond that like tom brady what is 45 and he's like it's it's remarkable mike um a couple of things uh yeah i really want the Leafs to keep playing defensive hockey. And if it's a 2-1, 3-1, even if they lose you know, by a goal, just to buy into that defensive way of getting things done, it's not as sexy as you know the high-scoring games, but we, we know that this is all a precursor to uh, the playoffs to come. And I, I'm repetitive on this because that's what we are. And there still is a, a bit of second-guessing uh, on this entire process because they're they're playing uh, you know a round robin tournament with six teams over and over again and there are 31 teams in the league so you you're not really getting a, a good sample of uh, what you'd be facing in the playoffs when you're playing the same teams over and over again this is what it is but you will always second guess yourself until you get a chance to open it up and 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 play the rest of the league 
because you'll get a larger sample size. And then you know, obviously the, you know, the different look and, and the, you know, the uh, broader complexion uh, of the schedule would certainly change uh, how the Leafs develop results, right? But uh, again, it is what it is. And the other thing that I was just noticing from the game last night, man, I, I miss fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. I, I, re- I really do. I, the, you, know, you wonder how it would change the way these guys play when there's 20,000 rabid lunatics like right on top of them um, living and, and dying with every damn play. Last word to you. Well, I'm hopeful, you know, because it seems that the, the vaccine is being spread in, you know, wide amount that everybody in the U.S. is going to be um, uh, is going to be vaccinated by April or May. It's, that's the way it sounds. And I'm hoping that the same will be in will be the case in Canada that will allow uh, fans to be at Scotiabank Arena for the, the playoffs and uh, the, the Blue Jays being able to play not in Dunedin or Buffalo, but in Toronto uh, and for people like me to be able to cross the border and cover both teams. So let's keep our fingers crossed because it would be nice to actually have fans in the building if the Leafs are making a run for a Stanley Cup for the first time in 54 years. No, no doubt. Uh, we deserve it in general. We, we'll, we'll get there. It, it feels like something's missing from this uh, equation that is coming together. But we have to take our own advice and just game at a time, enjoy what we have, and know that bigger, better days are ahead for the Leafs and, of course, this podcast. Michael, talk to you soon, brother.